Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I'll just piggyback a little bit off of what uh, Miss Amy and Pastor have been talking about. She was talking about prayer last week, and it was really good. And uh, she was doing a lot of general type things. I want to get real specific tonight. And then Pastor was talking about uh, Sunday morning about how God needs you. And so really tonight what we want to talk to you about for just a few minutes, and I hope I I can get all this out in the time that we've got, is praying for one another. It is so important that we learn to pray for one another and to not take that lightly. You know, as believers, you know, over the years, Pastor has taught much and many times over the fact that as believers, we have benefits and we have responsibilities. Now, the benefits, everybody loves the benefits, I mean, we're healed, we're whole, we're prosperous. You know, we've been delivered, we've been set free from all kinds of things. You know, you could just go on on an endless list of how many benefits there are to being a believer. But, you know, with believing comes responsibility. And, And so, you know, praying for one another is one of those areas of responsibility that we need to take seriously. In growing up, my kids had chores to do. You know, when you're part of a family, everybody has a part to do. And there are certain things everybody in the family participates in. You know, and, and in a family situation, we are a family. You know, and, and the problem with a lot of people and a lot of believers today is they think that they don't need church. I remember talking to somebody a number of years ago. When, as soon as I met them and they met me and they found out, you know, we were pastors, I, they, they let me know real, real quickly, not meanly or anything, but just, just, to, just to make sure I knew where they were coming from that they were a believer, they loved God, and they didn't need to go to church. Funny, the Bible clearly says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Why? Because we're family. You're telling me that when you go home and your family all gathers around that it's just okay whether everybody shows up or not? No, if you're part of the family, then you're supposed to show up. You know, you're supposed to be a family. You can't be a family if you're not together. And so there are people, there are people who have this grand idea that just they don't really need anybody. They can do this all on their own, that God is well pleased with them, just like they are, whether they ever show up at church or not. And that's really not the case. You know, just like my kids, I love my kids, but I'm not always happy with them. Anybody ever been there? Not always happy about what's going on. And see, I know God's not always happy because we're not listening, we're not obeying, we're not following through on what his instructions are. And his instructions are that we assemble ourselves together in a family. That's what the local church really is all about. It's about family. And so it's nice that we're called Impact Family Church because we honestly think we're a family. But, you know, if you don't believe me, there's a lot of things you can, you can, you can read in the, in the Word. Just, just start over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where Pastor was on Sunday morning, I believe. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It 
says, For as the body is one and has many members, and all, that me- all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and we have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. You know, it's impossible for the entire universal church all around the world to gather in one place at one time. But it's very possible for the body to gather in this place three and four times a week at least. It's very easy to do that. And so we need to do that. But, you know, if you want to look at a lot of other things, I mean, it's all about together. You know, I did a sermon a long time ago about, about being together. And just let me just kind of, I mean, I know this is a lot, but let me just, let me just kind of run through this. In the history of the early church, Acts 1-4, it says being assembled together. Acts 1-6, when they were come together. Acts 2-44, and all that believed were together. Acts 4-31, when they were assembled together. Acts 14-27, had gathered the church together. In the Pauline Revelation, it says we have been planted together. In Romans 8-17, it says we may also be glorified together. In 1 Corinthians 1-10, we are perfectly joined together. In 1 Corinthians 3-9, we are laborers together. 1 Corinthians 12-24, God has tempered the body together. 1 Corinthians 14, 23, the whole church become together. 1 Corinthians 14, 26, when you come together. 2 Corinthians 1, 11, helping together by prayer. 2 Corinthians 6, 1, workers together with him. Ephesians 2, 5, he's quickened us together. Ephesians 2, 21, we're fitly framed together. Ephesians 2, 22, we're builded together for a habitation. Ephesians 4, 16, the whole body being framed fitly joined together. Philippians 1.27, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Colossians 2.2, being knit together in love. Colossians 2.13, we've been quickened together with him. Colossians 2.19, we've been knit together. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, comfort yourselves together. 2 Thessalonians 2.1, by our gathering together. And Hebrews 10.25, the assembling of yourselves together. You know, and it goes on and in talking about one another, it's, it, there's places where you find that we're to greet one another. You can't greet one another if you're not here. Hello? Love one another. Serve one another. Receive one another. Not judge one another. Salute one another. That's kind of the same as greet. Admonish one another. We're even to provoke one another. But in that sense, we're to provoke one another to good works. Encourage, you know, one another in those areas. To forbear with one another, to comfort one another, to consider one another, and to exhort one another. And this is not an exhaustive list by any means. But you just have to come back to the place where this is a together place that God has put you. And he has done his best to make sure every believer is in a local church. Because there's so many benefits of being part of a local church. You know, when you come together in a a place like this, there's a corporate anointing. That's a benefit. There is no way you're going to have the ability to experience the corporate anointing with one or even two. 
there's something bigger than that that God wants to accomplish. He wants you to experience, but it has to be in the, in the setting where a corporate anointing can actually happen. And so, you know, we have to come to that place where we, we see this as a tip. No man is an island unto himself. That's not the way God designed this to be. We are one body. It says over in um, uh, Romans eight seventeen that we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Well, now that applies to every believer now, doesn't it? Well, if every believer is a joint heir with Jesus then that means that we're a joint heir with each other. You can't possibly take yourself and just say, well, I'm a joint heir with Christ, but the rest of you don't matter. Yeah, you matter. Every single believer has become a joint heir, and because of that, then that means we're connected to every other believer. And we are connected in particular to the body that God has placed us in, the local body that he has placed us into. And one of the benefits of being in a local body is that there's someone to pray for you. You know, there, there, I mean, Brother Hagen told a story about his aunt a number of years ago about how she was a faithful churchgoer. She was there all the time. Everybody knew she was going to be there. And she fell at home and was laying in the floor, I think, for like over 24 hours. And somebody came to check on her and found her. Thank God they found her when they did. She was an elderly lady. You know, she, she could have lost her life if nobody had ever knew where she was, if nobody had ever, you know, thought too much about her, if nobody, you know, even knew she existed hardly, except just, you know, a little smattering of people here and there. You know, these days, we can have neighbors living right next door and not have a clue who they are. People come, people go, you know, you don't ever think about you know, whether there's anybody there or not. Just, you know, if you see a car, great. If you don't, well, okay, they're not there. Maybe it's in the garage. You know. Don't think about it. Well, then if that person ever had a need, you wouldn't think to go over there because you didn't see any lights in a few days. You wouldn't think to, to look at their house if some strange person drove up there and started unloading their house. You think, well, what's going on here? But when you, if you know those neighbors and something strange is going on, you're going to go find out. Listen, it's the same thing in the, in the church setting. The more we're together, the more familiar we become with one another, the more care we have one for another. And the more likely that God's going to be able to speak to our hearts when there's a need in somebody else's life. Oh, yeah, okay, you know. I, God brought you, brought, brought you up to me today. I spent some time praying for you. See, I think we just need to go back sometimes and just realize how, what a difference your prayers make when you pray for another person in the same body. You know, you, you know somebody well enough that if they came into church, you know, you could tell if they're just kind of off their game, so to speak. You know, you're not yourself today. Is something going on? Sometimes, you know, you don't even have to, to even go ask them that. you just kind of under your breath, Lord, don't know what's going on in their lives right now. I, I don't know what's happening, but they're just, something's bothering them. You know, and I'm just going to lift them up before you. you know, it doesn't have to be long prayers. But the fact that you're part of each other means that God can quicken your heart easier when there's something going on in that person's life. You don't see somebody. 
You know, you see somebody once every six weeks or so. And then something goes on in their lives and you go, well, you know, kind of like out of sight, out of mind. It's not that anybody means to do that. It's just human nature. It is. I, I, you know, I, I know this, this lady whose husband had passed away. This not somebody here, but just somebody in another city whose husband had passed away and, and several months had gone by. And she goes, well, nobody ever calls me, you know, since your dad's been gone. And I'm going, do you ever call anybody when they've had a loss? Well, no. All right. And see, she only goes to church once and once a week. Not really seen. Just kind of slips in, slips out. How can there be care one for another when you're not there enough for anybody to know you're apart? But I tell you what, there are people that, that come and they go, you know, and you, you don't ever really get to know them. You, you don't know what is when they're on and when they're off. Well, sometimes you know when they're off. <laughs> but what I'm saying is you, you don't know them well enough to know when something's troubling them. When there's something going on. But you tell you what, the ones who are here all the time, ah, it's easy to spot when they're, when they're, when they're having a problem. When something is weighing on them. When there's something they're struggling with. You know, and immediately you can, you can do something to encourage them. Either just by going up and hugging them. You know, just, just giving them a big pat on the, on the shoulder. Just say, I love you in passing. You know, or praying for, you know, it's easy to do that. You know, and I know that there are so many people that need that kind of prayer. And they're not getting it. And it's not, it's not always their fault. Sometimes we just miss the boat. Sometimes we don't pick up on it. But I think we are, we're getting to a place where we really need to be more sensitive to what's going on in the people that surround us in this thing. Let me tell you, these are the best people in the world right here for you to be associated with, for you to be connected with, because really they've got your best interests at heart. They want you to succeed. They want you to be everything that God intends for you to be. They want you to have everything God intends for you to have. They're interested you know, but it's hard to be interested in people who keep you at arm's length. You know, who, who just, you know, you, you're just like, eh, you know, I, don't, I don't need you to talk to me. I don't need you to do anything. No, 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 no. You know, that's kind of hard to do. But they're still a part. They're still a part. When you look around and, and some, a couple of weeks have gone by and you haven't seen certain people, do more than just think, oh, I wonder where they are. I wonder what's happened to them. Well, you know, it might be a good idea to pray for them. Then if the Lord leads you, it might be a good idea to, to go a little further with that. Contact them. Put a little card in the mail. A little bit of Facebook message. You know, a phone call. You know, stop by and say, hey, if you know where they live. You know, just something. But do something. I, somebody re- relayed a story to me, oh, gracious, three decades ago, that were, they were a new believer. And um, they, they hadn't really learned a lot about just following that inward witness. And uh, God laid a, a person on their heart who was an old high school friend and uh, just thought, well, 
wonder how he's doing. And, and really, the Lord was trying to get them to pray for this man. Now, this is not in the same setting, you know, as a church family setting, but this is just an example. Uh, and it could co- come closer to home. And it, in fact, last year it did come closer to home. But anyway, this person said, you know, this, this Lord had brought this man to their, to their just remembrance, and they were thinking about him. They knew he was a policeman in Orlando. And, you know, I wonder how he was doing, you know. And, and actually, the Lord was trying to get them to pray for him. And uh, a few days later, she found out that he had been killed in the line of duty the next day after she had just spent some time thinking about him. Would it have been better to spend some time praying for him? Now, that person can't take the responsibility of that tragedy totally on themselves, but then at the same time, can you say that that wouldn't have made a difference? Maybe he still would have gotten shot but lived. You know, you don't ever know. You know, don't take it lightly when God brings somebody up to you. Don't take it lightly. My husband wouldn't be here today if some of you hadn't prayed for him last year when you knew nothing, you didn't know anything was wrong. Mark Bauer was wakened by a dream. And in the dream, pastor had died. He woke up, took authority over that thing, went back to sleep. Thank God. We've had more people than that tell us, you know, just, just last year about that time, you know, it's just God just brought pastor up to him and they, and they just prayed for him. Thank the Lord, they did. You know, when he got home and, and got the help he needed, and he's still here today. You know, that was nothing but prayer. Listen, don't ever tell me you don't need somebody. There will come a time in your life where you will need somebody's prayers. You will need them. And being part of a church family and understanding that we're in this together makes it that much should make it that much more real to us about how important it is that we take it seriously when God brings somebody up. You know, they need us. You don't, you don't ever, you can never tell. Sometimes you might look at somebody and go, oh, well, everything's fine with them. Everything's just fine. And they got a smile on their face. Ah, you don't know what's behind that smile. You know, that person might be in faith and still struggling on the inside. The devil may be bombarding their mind right and left. He might be coming against them hot and heavy, but they have managed to keep a smile on their face, and they're, you know, they're, they're going with it. They're going forward. But you know what? It's kind of like when you're lifting weights, which I don't do, but I have seen it done. <laughs> when you're lifting weights, you got a spotter here. Just in case when you get to this point, it's too much for you. Somebody's right there just to give you just a little extra boost so that you can handle that weight. Listen, there are times when we're all going to need a little extra boost. Now, when when you're in the middle of of, of a situation, you know, our faith is what's going to put us over. Nobody can believe God for us. But I'm telling you what, somebody can help me, can uphold me in prayer, can undergird me in prayer, can encourage my heart. To keep going. You've got it. You've got it. You know, and sometimes you're praying for somebody, and you may be praying in the Spirit. You don't know what you're saying. You don't know what the situation is. You don't know how bleak it looks to them and how they're having to fight the devil because of fear come bombarding their mind. You don't know. But the Holy Ghost knows. And all he needs is somebody to get in there with him 
and just pray those things out so that that person can find the help, the extra spotter that they need. Amen. I tell you what, there's been many times in my life where, thank God, if it hadn't been for somebody praying, I don't know, 1996, I know exactly when it was, I went through a real spell of depression. I mean, it was, it was a real heaviness and a real cloud. And I would, I would go home and just cry. I'd cry in the dark on the way home and the drive home. And I would keep my, do all I could to keep myself from crying in church. You know, just, just this heaviness was just there. And I just couldn't seem to get rid of it. And I know that people prayed for me until I could get a hold of what I needed to get a hold to get out of that. They kept me uplifted so that I didn't fall deeper and deeper into that dark pit of despair because the enemy was still at my, was at my door already doing his best to convince me that this world would be a better place without me. My husband would be better off. My kids would be better off. The church would be better off. Listen, if I fight, have to fight those kind of battles, you, I know you do too. I'm no different than you are. But we need one another to be in prayer. We need one another's prayer. We need one another's encouragement. You know, and when we walk together in a place of love we, and we continually see each other as God sees us. You know, I talked to a couple a few weeks ago on another subject and I used the example of LASIK surgery. You know, you can put a pair of glasses on and you can correct your vision very temporarily. As long as you've got your glasses, then you're okay. But you can go get something called LASIK surgery, and what it does is it changes the, the shape of that, of that lens in your eye, and it changes your whole perspective. And see, when we get into God's presence and we actually start walking in love toward one another and actually love one another, then our whole perspective will change. Instead of looking at each other and going, well, what's the matter with you today? What's got a burr under your saddle? You know, well, you ought to know better than that. Then we'll pray, you know, because we love one another, because we want to see the best happen for one another, because we want to see God's ability shine through that person. You know, Galatians talks about bearing one another's burdens. I mean, you can't physically, you know, take that burden for somebody, but you can help them carry it in prayer. There's, there's times, you know, we're all going to face situations where we're just going to feel like I'm all alone. No, no. If you're a part of a church family, you should never feel like you're alone. And if the devil c- comes and tells you it is, you have to recognize that it's the devil telling you that. That nobody cares, that you're all alone, you don't matter. No, I mean, if you go back over here in 1 Corinthians, it says that everybody is valuable. You can't say, one part can't say to another part, you know, we don't have any need of you. When we come to a place where we all realize that we need each other, that we are a part, I am connected to you, like it or not, and you are connected to me. I think it's Romans that talks about having gifts differing. You know, sometimes just the fact that we're different. Thank God we are different. But there's gifts differing. Sometimes those differing gifts kind of make us rub each other the wrong way. You know, some of us are, some people are Yankees and some people are Southerners and they don't, they don't talk the same and so they don't approach things the same and so they say something that might seem a little brusque or a little abrupt and, and we go kind of bristly, all that, that kind of thing and it's just gift, a different gift. Listen, um, 
I, th- I think there was, no, no, I won't even want to go there because I don't have time. That's okay. Um, we just need to understand that we need to pray for one another. And, you know, there, there's Matthew in, in uh, chapter 6 talks about loving your enemies Bless them, do good to them, and pray for them. Well, I don't ever look at my brothers and sisters in the Lord as enemies. But, you know, if, if, I'm, if I've gotten to a place where I'm just a little out of sorts with somebody, then I should be praying for them. It's amazing what prayer for somebody that's rubbing you the wrong way can do. Yeah, for you. My, um, a family member of mine... <laughs> for years, every time I saw this, this person, was complaining about their pastor. All the time, you know. They, they were in a, in a church denomination where their pastors changed on a fairly regular basis. And uh, any time that, pa- the present pastor was always, you know, not doing good enough. Never doing good enough. Never doing this right, never doing that right, never doing the other right. As soon as they left, suddenly they were the greatest pastor in the world. But one day, I mean, I, I was just, I had just heard this over and over, had this long story about, about the, the current pastor, and he was doing this, and he wasn't doing this. And blah, blah, blah. I looked, and I said, let me ask you something. Have you ever decided that you should pray for him? They looked at me and went, <sighs> And I thought, well, good, I get about 30 seconds of silence now. <laughs> I get the cold treatment, cold shoulder treatment here. Because, but really, instead of complaining about people, shouldn't we be praying for him? You have no idea why they're acting the way they're acting. You think you know sometimes, but do we really know? Do we know the pressure that they're under from another situation that you have no knowledge of? Do you, do you have any knowledge of the fact that maybe, maybe they're dealing with some physical problems in their body that's causing them to be like that? You know, there's a reason why people act the way they do. Not just because they're mean, but, but if they're believers, it's not just because they're mean. You know, number one, sometimes, you know, maybe they haven't gotten a hold of their flesh like they ought to. You, they need prayer, not for you to get mad at them. Sometimes it's just a reaction, just, you know, you ever heard the one, the straw that broke the camel's back? You know, sometimes, you know, you get in a situation with people either in church, out of church, on the job, wherever, you know, and suddenly they blow off at you and go, what did I do? Well, don't get mad at them. Just go, something else triggered that. I just happen to be the little match here for some reason. But there's something else going on that has absolutely nothing to do with me. When we decide that we're going to pray, that's our first response in any situation is to pray for somebody who's rubbed us the wrong way. Then I think we're going to get a whole lot more um, result for them and for you. It's a learning and growing experience on my part as well as it is on that person's part. I want to help them. Well, how do you pray for them? Well, let's go over to see here what Paul has got to say. You know, Paul is the one who said, um, in Galatians, he said, I travail again till Christ be formed in you. See, just because he, he knew these people were born again, he didn't let them go. He knew they were going to need ongoing prayer. In, Philipp, in Ephesians 1.16, he said, I cease not to give thanks, making mention of you in my prayers. And sometimes we look at that word, making mention, just like we do, kind of a casual, oh, Lord, bless them. No, no, no. 
The Phillips translation of that says, I never give up praying for you. That goes a little beyond our version of mention. In Philippians 1, he says, I'm always in pra- that you are always in every prayer of mine for you. And in Colossians, the first chapter, it says, praying always for you. You know, we should find ourselves in a place during our day at some point, you know, just our quiet time, our devotional time, just being open to God bringing somebody to us and putting someone on our heart. Ruth Dunn years ago used to take a church directory and she had the time because she was retired. She had the time every day during her devotional time. She would take the church directory and she would go through it name by name, family by family. And when the Lord quickened her heart, she would stop and spend some time praying for that family or that person. And then she would go on. Every day she did that. What a tremendous blessing that was. How many lives did she touch? One little lady during her prayer time because she was willing to let God just direct her praying. She prayed for everybody in general, but she let God lead her into who to pray for specifically. Should we not get to the place where we're more sensitive to praying for one another? We're more, we're looking for God to lead us to pray for the people who surround us in services. Pray for them to keep them strong. Because you see, the enemy is out not to des- just to destroy them and the plan for, that God has for their lives. He's out to destroy the plan he has, that God has for us as a body. See, it's all part and parcel. Because we're connected It's more than just what happens to one. When something happens to one, it affects all of us. When that person's not here for one reason or another to be able to to bring that part that God has for them to place in, in in a service, then it affects us. It really does affect us. There's lots of reasons not to be in church, you know, for a lot of good reasons. But when we can, we should be here. Even sometimes when we think we can't, we should be here. I just can't. I'm just so tired. Nuh-uh. That's not a good enough reason not to to come. I've been beyond tired many times and showed up and was never disappointed. Never disappointed. You know, success in your life isn't going to depend just on you. But your success in life could come from the fact that somebody upheld you in prayer at a crucial point in your life. When a decision, a pivotal decision was about to be made, they were praying for you. And because you made the right decision. But you know, those things will never be uncovered on this earth. We'll never get the whole picture as long as we're here on this earth. We may, I, I, I hope God gives us each a personal video when we get to heaven, and we can go back and take a look at all the places, you know, where someone else prayed for us and caused us to, 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 to make that overcoming jump that we needed to make, to make that right decision, to put us over just that little bit of extra help that we needed in the Spirit, just helped us, you know. And I want to be part of somebody else's video 
I want them to see my face in there, that I prayed for them, just like they prayed for me. Because, you know, what a man sows, a man reaps. And so I want to sow prayer into some other people so I can know that I'm going to reap it when I need it. I'm not always aware of when I need it. But thank God the Holy Ghost is. And when he's aware of it and he gets somebody who, who's willing to just to go with it, then the need's taken care of. But how do you pray for it? Well, you do exactly what Paul did. Go with me to, to uh, Ephesians 1. And these are, these are, this is a blueprint for how you pray for other believers. Just like Paul did, in, starting in verse 16, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling. I brought my 26 translations with me tonight. And I tell you what, if you don't have one of these, you should get one of these. And then these, and take these verses... And go and look them up here and see what some of these other translations have to say. But, I mean, it'll open your eyes to some real, some really good things. Anyway, it goes on. Uh, that you may know what the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glories of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Then, over in Ephesians 3, for this, in verse 14, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. Listen, when you're weak, you need to be strengthened. And the strength has to come from the inside out. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you know how many people that the enemy lies to and tells them that you don't matter, God doesn't care about you? One of, the, one of the greatest things you could pray for anybody is that they know how much, and how deeply, how richly, how greatly God loves them. How completely he loves them. How unconditionally he loves them. Glory to God. Over in, uh, in Colossians, like I said, these are, just, these are blueprints, maps of how to pray for people. Colossians 1, verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, some people just need to be, you just need to pray for them to have some joy in their life. Because the enemy's just got them just, just covered in a veil of despair. They're saying the right things. They're, they're speaking the word, but it just doesn't seem to be happening because they need to add some joy to it. Strengthened with all might and long-suffering and joyfulness. 
giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. Listen, you can pray the word. You can use this as just a, you know, a, a structure to start out in. And then let God just lead you into however you need to pray for. Let him quicken your heart as to what's, what's going on. See, sometimes we get to the place where we assume certain things. Well, we need to pray for them about this, this, and this. Well, maybe that's not the really root of the issue. And so we need to let the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit, take hold with us to be able to pray what really needs to be prayed in that situation. Not just, not just pray for some outward symptoms, but help pray for that root of the, where that cause is, is really at. But let God just take, use it as a structure. Just do what Paul did. Pray these kind of things. You can't go wrong starting here and then letting the Lord just lead you into what else to pray, how else to pray, what direction to take, and then praying by the Holy Spirit. He knows what to pray for when we don't. He knows exactly how to pray, knows exactly what to say. You know, but we just need to be a channel of that. We just need to make sure we are lifting one another up. We're living in a day and time that we're all going to be tried in a lot of different ways. But you know what? We can be strengthened by a whole lot of different people because these are the people that we're joined together with, uniquely joined. You see, that's the thing. We are uniquely joined together. You know, we're joined with every believer all over the world, in history past and in future. We're already joined with them. But right now, we are uniquely joined to these people here. And so as such, we need to be mindful that we keep each other in prayer. Our success and our failure lies sometimes in somebody else's prayer. You know, failure in the life of a believer happens a lot of times because we did not pray for them like we should have. I can think of a number of people who are not here tonight, not in this church anymore. And we we did not do as good a job praying for them as we should have. You know, now ultimately, you know, people's decisions are their own. But I know James says that the, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much, makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. See, we can help make that power available. Now, they're going to have to decide to take it and do something with it. But it's up to us to make the power available in their lives. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.